I'd like us to now uh, hear from uh, the, the Apostle Matthew as he tells the story of Jesus' re- resurrection in the 28th chapter of his letter, his book. Uh, this was written about 30 years after uh, the events of the first Easter. After the Sabbath, at dawn on the first day of the week, Mary Magdalene and the other Mary went to look at the tomb. There was a violent earthquake, for an angel of the Lord came down from heaven and going to the tomb, rolled back the stone and sat on it. His appearance was like lightning and his clothes were white as snow. The guards were so afraid of him that they shook and became like dead men. The angel said to the women, do not be afraid. For I know that you're looking for Jesus who was crucified. He is not here. He has risen just as he said. Come and see the place where he lay. Then go quickly and tell his disciples. He has risen from the dead and is going ahead of you into Galilee. There you will see him. Now I have told you. So the women hurried away from the tomb, afraid yet filled with joy, and ran to tell his disciples. And suddenly Jesus met them. Greetings, he said. They came to him, clasped his feet, and worshipped him. Then Jesus said to them, Do not be afraid. Go and tell my brothers to go to Galilee. There they will see me. Well, good morning and uh, happy Easter. I'm so glad you've chosen to spend time with us in worship today online. It's a very unique and, and very different Easter for all of us. I'm guessing that many of you who are watching online at home have never done so before. You're sitting in a, in a chair or a couch. Maybe you're still in bed. If you are, that's okay. It's a little bit different, isn't it? It's different for me, too. I, I'm used to a church full of people, uh, greeting friends and family, greeting uh, our guests, uh, and, and preaching to a room that's full of people, hearing people singing God's praises in worship together. is is just an incredible thing. And unfortunately, because of all that's going on in the world right now, we're, we're not doing that. You know, people all over this world, all over this country are going to church online. And I'm sure as they do so, they have, they have questions. Every year when people come to, to Easter services, they, they have questions. But this year, the questions are maybe even more pertinent, more poignant because of everything that's going on. And, and they think and they know that Easter is supposed to be significant. It's supposed to be some important kind of earth-shattering, uh, history-altering event. But they're wondering, what difference does Easter Sunday make on Monday morning when they wake up and the COVID-19 pandemic is still there with all the disruptions and despair and illness and, yes, even death that we see as a result? Let's, let's drill down a little bit more specifically maybe to what's going on in your world. How does Easter help me when I lose my job and my finances get tight? How does Easter help me when I'm worried, sick, and anxious about what happens tomorrow or the week after or the month, about my future or the future of others? What does Easter have to say uh, when people all around in the world are getting sick and some of them dying? In other words, What does Easter have to say to us in the midst of the COVID-19 pandemic? Is Easter just some powerful, beautiful story that's been passed down uh, through the ages that's impacted lots and lots of people, billions of people throughout history? Is it something that we just annually uh, celebrate uh, that makes us kind of feel good, all warm and fuzzy? Hey, everything's going to be okay, but then the next day things really aren't okay? 
Is it a day just for family and, and friends, for connecting with others? Uh, you get to eat ham. I, I like ham. You have, uh, you have Easter egg hunts, and maybe the Easter bunny shows up. We're not doing that this year, I don't think. Or is Easter, is Easter something more, something much more profound and beautiful and relevant to us today? Obviously, I believe that it is. Now, with all the craziness in the world that's going on and all the disruptions that are happening uh, in our normal lives, one of the things that's happening is that people, we're being forced to slow down, cut back on our schedule, and, and just to consider life. When much of the world, including the USA, the most powerful nation and economy in the world, is, is virtually shut down by a virus, some people are getting sick daily all over our country and world. When every day we see the statistics of the deaths going up from an enemy that we cannot see, well, we, we face the harsh reality that there are so many things in this world that, that we really have very little control over. We can control our attitudes and we can control our actions, I think. But when it all boils down, there really are very few things that we have ultimate control over. A lot of us are thinking about what's most important to us, kind of a, a recalibration, a, a reassessment, what we truly need, the difference between what we truly need and what we, what we really want. And a lot of us are thinking about our, our mortality and that of those that we know and love. You know, one of the most universal problems that we all have, everybody who has walked this earth has, is our mortality, the specter of, of, of death. I mean, everybody is going to die. We all know it. It's inevitable. But sometimes we get so busy in the here and the now, the flow of life, that we, we just don't stop to think about what's going to come. I mean, let's face it. None of us want to talk about it or think about it that much. It's kind of morbid, maybe depressing. I mean, try this, if you don't believe me. After this is all over and we get back to normal, whatever the new normal is going to look like, uh, invite some people over for uh, maybe some coffee and some pie or, or, or some barbecue and, and, and sit down with them and, and right off the bat say, hey, you know, I've been thinking we should talk about, we should talk about death. See how quickly they eat and leave. We just don't like to think about it. I read an article where some children were asked to write sentences about what they believed about death. Gilda, age eight, said, when you die, they put you in a box and bury you in the ground because you don't look too good then. Stephanie, age nine, said, doctors help you so you won't die until you pay their bill. <laughs> Marcia, age nine, said, when you die, you don't have to do homework in heaven unless your teacher is there, too. Though we don't like to think about it or talk about it, we all have this, this deep internal longing. It pops up now and then where we wonder, what is death all about? What's going to happen after I die? In John 11, there's a, there's a powerful scene where, where Jesus is standing in front of a tomb. Inside the tomb was one of his best friends, Lazarus. Lazarus has been for, dead for three days. And standing next to Jesus in the story in John 11, there are two women, the sisters of Lazarus, Mary and Martha, and we're told that they're overwhelmed with grief because their brother has died. And we're told that Jesus himself is crying too because, because death 
is not what God intended for human beings. It's not a part of God's original plan. God did not create the first human beings to be temporary. We are created. We were created for life eternal in harmony with God himself. But we know the rest of the story. Uh, they, they rebel against God. They doubt God's goodness. goodness. Uh, they, they disobey his commands and, and they fall into sin. And because of sin, death enters the world. But in John 11, Jesus is about to do something that will, that will show that he has the power to break death. And that death does not have the, have the last word. Listen to John 11. Jesus said to her, that's one of the sisters, I am the resurrection and the life. The one who believes in me will live even though they die, and whoever lives by believing in me will never die. And then he asked her and those around, and he asked us, do you believe? Do you believe this? Later in the story, Jesus tells them to roll the stone away from Lazarus' tomb. And Jesus calls out Lazarus. And Lazarus gets up. He's resurrected from the dead. And he walks out of the tomb. It's a powerful story, a powerful miracle. And I was thinking, sometimes I do that, I think. It can be a little dangerous for me, I know. But I was thinking, we don't know how many years Lazarus lived after his resurrection. But eventually he would have died again. That's for sure. And it wasn't a near-death experience. He was dead for three days. And after this first resurrection, he would have known that he was going to die again. He didn't know when. It could have been five years. It could have been 30. It could have been 40. We don't know. But we we do know that he, he died a second time. Now, how do you think, how do you think Lazarus thought about death after, after his resurrection? After being raised by Jesus the first time, do you think he was afraid of dying the second time? I don't think so. Because he knew and he'd experienced resurrection by Jesus Christ. And I bet that on that first Easter, when news of Jesus' resurrection came to his ears, I bet he didn't have a hard time believing it because he had already seen that Jesus, that Jesus had power over death. And the good news of Easter and, and the good news for us in the midst of this pandemic is that Jesus can do the same for you and me, for all who believe. He can roll the stone of death away. We don't have to be afraid. We can have hope because Jesus broke the power of death and he will do it for us too. We can have hope regardless of what happens in our lives. We can have hope because Jesus is risen and Jesus is alive. That's why the Apostle Paul basically taunts death when he wrote these words. Where, O death, is your victory? Where, O death, is your sting? Thanks be to God. He gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Now, what is the sting of death? It's the fear of a death that is permanent. But since Jesus has the power through his resurrection to make death a a temporary passage to life with him, we don't have to be afraid anymore. You know, since this whole shelter in place thing has gone into effect, I've been doing a lot of walking. And I, I know that you are, too. I see a lot of people out walking more than normal, walking their dogs, walking with their spouse, their family, walking by themselves. 
And earlier this week, I was out for a walk and I, I was listening to a podcast. I kind of stumbled upon it and it caught my attention. So I began to listen. It's out in New York City. It's called Radio Lab, and, and they focus on themes of science and, and philosophy. Sounds exciting. I know. But the topic was the, the COVID-19 pandemic. And in particular, the idea of using serum transfusion, serum therapy to treat coronavirus patients. And they were interviewing an immunologist from Johns Hopkins University named Arturo Casadval. And with my apologies to all the doctors and nurses and medical people and scientists out there and science teachers, this is my attempt at explaining how it works. People who recover from an infection develop antibodies that circulate in the blood and can neutralize the infection, the virus, the bacteria. And in a transfusion, a serum transfusion, the antibodies in the blood of of a donor, somebody who's gone through the illness and come out the other side, they're transferred to the blood of the sick person. This is nothing new. It's been around. It's been used since the 1890s, treating diseases like uh, measles or SARS, Ebola or, or polio. And the doctors and scientists who are, are working on this are, are, are hoping it will work effectively enough to keep the virus at bay until a, until a vaccine can be developed. After the interview ended, the two radio hosts, one a guy and one a woman, they start to talk about it. And the woman said, there's, there's something beautiful and profound at work here. She said, it's profound. Someone who's gone through suffering is able to help somebody else Who's going through suffering? In a sense, she said, a person is saved through the suffering experience of another person. And I thought to myself, isn't that what Jesus Christ did for us and does for us? The podcast continued with a guy saying what a what a cool paradigm or model this treatment was. He said the field of medicine has been moving towards towards taking pills or injecting radiation or or chemicals to fight a disease or cancer. He said, but this, this is so intimate. It's so personal. He said, is there something very spiritual in a way about it? And the woman weighed in and said, well, it's like it's it's like sharing immunity. We can pass immunity to each other. What a gift, she said, to be able to transfer something so profound to another person. It's, It's like protection. You can shepherd someone in and offer them safe passage. And she said, it's a powerful thing to say. I've had this experience and I'm going to hold your hand through it. I'm spiritually, I'm spiritually giving you my hand. I'm giving you my blood and I'm going to help you walk this path and, and take this journey. And I thought, that'll preach. That's Easter because that's what Jesus Christ did for us. That's what Jesus Christ wants to do for you and me. That's what Easter has to say to what's going on in our world, this, this COVID-19 pandemic. It's a powerful metaphor, but it's more than a metaphor because it's, it's reality. Jesus did suffer and die. Jesus did experience death. And the world and the disciples and Satan and, and all of, of, of his enemies, all of Jesus' enemies, they thought death, that horrible pandemic that eventually gets the best of all of us, had got the best of Jesus. But Jesus rose from the dead. And because he did, he has the capacity and he has the desire to share his immunity from death with us. So that when we come to our moment of death, as we all will, we don't have to be afraid because Jesus, he is the cure. He is the he is the antidote. And Jesus will hold our hand and he will separate us from this life to the next. 
And that's a that's a cool way to think about to think about the impact and the truth and the reality of of Easter. I think immunity from death, from permanent death. And then immunity from death, it comes through faith in Jesus. It comes through the blood that he shed for us on Good Friday on the cross because he suffered and died for our sins so that we don't have to. And it comes through his resurrection from the dead. He, he broke the power of death so that we can live forever. And when we trust in Jesus and we get that immunity from death and that promise of life forever, when we trust in him, we don't have to be afraid or anxious or, or worry about our lives. We can be wise, of course. We're not to be reckless or foolish. We're to be wise. We are to take precautions. But we shouldn't be afraid, paralyzed, and obsessed by fear or worry. Twice in Matthew 28, on that first Easter, the account I read earlier, the two Marys are told, do not be afraid, first by an angel, second by Jesus. And they certainly would have been afraid. I mean, I would have been if I were in their shoes. It's not every day that you see an angel and a guy that you saw die three days earlier. I'd be shaking in my boots. But I think when Jesus said it, it wasn't, it wasn't just to assure them in the moment. I think when Jesus said it, it was also, he was also speaking about their lives moving forward, their, their futures. And I think Jesus was speaking about our lives, our current situation. God is not surprised. He, know, he, he knows what's going on in our lives. He's, he's still in control. He's still sovereign. I think Jesus was speaking to us about our lives and our context today, April 12th, 2020, and our lives moving forward. And Jesus says to us, don't be afraid. Don't worry. You have hope. In, this, in, in, in a very powerful way, he says, I am your hope. It's assurance to them, it's assurance to us that, that because of his resurrection from the dead, Jesus will be and is present with us, each and every one of us who trust in him, each and every day. And that's the good and amazing, amazing truth of, of Easter. So don't be afraid. Christ is, is risen. Christ is alive. Jesus is, is with us. Jesus is for us. And Jesus loves us. So we, we end up by circling back to, the, to where we began, the beginning, with the question of what difference does Easter make in the face of what we're going through in the world? And I would, I would say it makes a huge and profound difference because we don't have to be afraid. But I'd like to flip that question a little bit and say, ask it this way. What will you make of Easter? What will you do with a story of Easter? Will you trust Christ for the forgiveness of your sins that through his suffering and death, we can, we can be, we can be saved. Will you profess that he is the son of God who has risen from the dead Will you, will, you, um, be, will you believe that Jesus Christ, just as he did in John 11, that through him you can have immunity from, from death and live with him forever? I hope that you have trusted. I hope that you have professed. And I hope that you do believe. But if you have not, I truly, truly, with all my heart, I hope that you will today. I'm going to close with a prayer in just a second. Um, and we'll have a few other elements of the service, but 
during the prayer, I'm going to give those of you who want to say yes to Jesus Christ, I'm going to give you an opportunity to do so. So if that's something you would like to do today, please pray this prayer with me. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, we come before you and we worship you and we thank you for Easter. We thank you that you died on the cross for my sins. We thank you that you are risen from the dead. Lord, I need your help. Lord, I need your forgiveness. I need your power in my life. I trust in you. I believe that you are who you say you are. And I believe that you're risen from the dead, truly risen from the dead. Come into my life, Lord, and give me new life, change my life, and help me to live for you in Jesus' powerful, precious name. Amen.